Any suggestions as to what you can call out, what you can yell? How would you catch their attention? What would, go on, what would you say? You'd throw something at them? Good, helpful. Yeah, very good. Yeah, you could lob something. Hey, you. Oi, you over there. Hello. All of those sorts of things. Or, you know, if you meet somebody, and you're, you're out with somebody, and you meet somebody, you know you know them, and they know you, and you've got to introduce them to the person standing next to you. It's never, clearly never happens to me, ever. And you think, well, I can't introduce them because I don't know their name. And what you're doing is you're hoping that the person you're with gets the clue and goes, oh, I don't think we've met. My name is... You go, go on, just go on with it. But actually, our names are really important. If somebody meets you and you know they know you, but they've forgotten your name, you feel a bit gutted, don't you? It just feels a bit grotty. Or if somebody calls you by the wrong name. I did last week call my son by the name of my dog. <laughs> briefly, it was only, I, in my day, briefly, and it was very late at night, but I did call him Rolo. That didn't go down very well. Now listen, he knows that I know his name, but actually our names are really important. We, night, we need to be known. And the Bible says that God doesn't just know us and doesn't just know us in general, sort of saying, oh, I love all of you and I forgive all of you. What the Bible says is that God knows us by name. That means he knows us from the inside out. He knows everything there is to know about us. He knows us personally as people by name. And when he forgives us, he doesn't just forgive us, but in Jesus he forgives you by name. So he looks at me, and he doesn't just say, I forgive you. He says, Richard, I forgive you. Look at the people sitting next to you and behind you. Look at what their name is, if you didn't already know it. So God says to them and of them, I forgive, and then their name. Yeah? God forgives them. God forgives you, because he knows us by name. So we can use our prayer of confession, and we're not just generally talking to God about generally us. We're talking to him about us as people. So Phil, let's have the words of our prayer. I can... That's the one. And uh, we're going to pray this prayer out loud together. Let's pray. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus came and lived for you because he knows you by name and loves you. And he lived that life you couldn't live for yourself. That Jesus died for you on the cross so that you never have to face death alone. That Jesus rose for you from the dead to gain for you a new life that can be yours into eternity. So may you know what it is today and every day to be known by name, to be loved, to be forgiven. And may he give you grace by his spirit to love him back with the words you speak, the things you do, and the people you're becoming in him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now our Bible story today, which comes from deep into the Old Testament, um, reminds us actually of how important it was to God's people to remember and to be remembered. And actually, for God's Old Testament people, ancient Israel, their name and their names were really important. They'd nearly lost their name. I don't mean just by leaving it on a park bench or leaving it at school. They'd nearly lost their names because they were in slavery. 
And slaves don't tend to have names that anybody cares about. They'd just be, hey, you, do that. And they were in slavery in Egypt. And their names stopped mattering. But through Moses and through Aaron, God rescued them out of slavery. He took them through the desert on a very long journey. He gave them his laws so that they knew the best way to live and could enjoy life in all its fullness. He reminded them as he went of how much he loved them by giving them manna to eat, by sending them Aaron and Moses along the way to lead them. And he knew them and loved them by name. They came on a huge, long journey, some 40 years in the desert. And as they went, they took something with them so they could remember the journey they'd been on. Now, this is my rather pale imitation of something that they carried with them. And it was called an ark. Now, not an ark as in Noah's ark, but an ark meaning a important box to put things in. And it was called the Ark of the Covenant. And that meant it was a reminder of God's promise and faithful love for them. And in that gold box, there were at least three things. And those three things helped them remember. The first thing that was in there was a staff or a a sort of a big walking stick, which is why my box is far too small. And it was Aaron's staff. And it was to remind them of the leadership God had sent their way, of the miracles God had done, that he'd never left them. And that even in front of King Pharaoh of Egypt, God had led them out of Egypt. The second thing that was in that box was a little pot. And in the pot was manna, the special miraculous bread that God had given them to remind them that God would never leave them. He'd never let them go hungry. He'd never let them die in the the, the wilderness just because he couldn't care about them. He was going to care for them every step of the way. And the third thing that was in that box, which must have made it really heavy, were two enormous tablets of stone. And on those tablets of stone were written God's laws, God's way to live. His way of saying to them, do you know, I love you so much. I'm not just going to leave you just to get on and do whatever you like because I love you too much for that. I'm going to give you my commandments, my way to live. As they walked, they carried it with them. So I'm going to need four people, reasonably strong four people. You two will start. Brilliant. And then we'll choose somebody from this side, if that's all right. Yeah, up you come. And then we need one more. Go on, Jesse. Are you going to come? Yeah, go on. Right, brilliant. Fantastic. Come on in. You could be the supervisor. That's fine. Okay. So if the two of you would go that side... And you two come this side, and will you direct them? Yeah, now, what you need to do, yeah, you've got to pretend it's really heavy. Well done. Now, if you turn and face this way, it's got to go on your shoulder. So you go the other side. That's brilliant. It goes on your shoulder. Brilliant. Right, you put it on here. Put it on your shoulder there. Brilliant. And you're going to hold like that, and you can go between them and just check it's all okay. Okay, fantastic. Now, I probably should have specified all the same height, but that's fine. Okay, so... Um, we're going to turn, okay? This is quite a complex manoeuvre, so we're going to move this way a little bit. You move this way and you move to the front. Look at that. Brilliant. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to do a little walk. We're going to walk down this way, okay? And um, uh, we're going to pretend we're on a journey through the desert. So will you follow me? Don't trip over at the back. Watch out, there's steps coming. Are you ready? Health and safety. Right, come on then. Very good. Don't go too fast. Don't go too fast. Very good. So the thing, here's the thing. You'd imagine... You'd imagine... 
that actually having had this incredible experience of being in slavery and being rescued from slavery, of God having to provide food for them in the desert, of God providing Moses and Aaron and all the miracles that he did, of God taking them through the wilderness, you'd, Im- you'd imagine that actually they'd never forget what God had done. You'd imagine that something so remarkable would never be forgotten. But, <laughs> sorry to scare somebody, you'd imagine that they'd never forget, but they needed this ark to go with them, so they remembered. They needed to remember the journey they were on. They needed to remember that God was with them. They needed to remember that he would never leave them. Now, do you reckon we can do a quick turning around at the back? Right, you go this way. Is it digging into your shoulder? I'm so sorry. Just imagine if it had two stone tablets in. Right, you go this way. Oh, actually, that's a good idea. You go at the front this time. That's very good. Jesse, you turn around. Turn around and face me. That's it, and go on this shoulder. Awesome. And you, have to t- you can't face different ways. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. As you and I head into 2019, I wonder what it is that you and I need to remember about 2018. I wonder what you need to remember that happened in last January, or last February, or last March, or last April. I wonder what you need to remember that God did for you. It might be that you need to remember that you started a new job, and you were terrified before you went into work, or that you started a new school, or you weren't sure how a friendship was going to work out, or you weren't sure about money, or you got scared of something in your future, or you weren't sure how God was going to be with you when life was tough. Do you know what? We forget incredibly quickly what God's done for us, even in the past year. Um, As a family, we've started putting together some photo books, because when photos are just on a computer, we've realized that we never get to look at them. So every now and again, we put them all in a proper book, and then we look at them all. I wonder when you look through your photos, do you ever go, I remember God helped us then. I remember God was with us then. I remember God was there when that happened. Wasn't that an amazing holiday? God is so good to us. Wasn't it great to spend time with friends? Wasn't it amazing when I started school and I thought I wouldn't know anybody? We remember. They had to remember the journey and remember who was with them. But then, but then, they had one final thing they had to do. Right, you stop there. Um, I'm going to need as many of the other children willing to join them just to come and fill in this central aisle behind them because we need, we need all of God's people, okay? So they travel, that's it, come in here. I need some undergrounders to come and hold something for me. It's all right, it's not silly. Come on then, we need one this side. Brilliant. One th- and would you come this side? Brilliant. Do you want to come, Max? Will you help Max this side? Brilliant. Now let's get this. So, hang on, let's get this right. Hang on, let go, let go, let go. There we go, Max, just let go for a second and I'll give you that. That's it. Now, what do you think, when they came through the desert and they got to nearly the place that God had promised them, the promised land, their new home, what God had been promising them for so long, in fact, ever since the time of Abraham, hundreds of years before, what do you think was in their way? And the answer is not a blue sheet. What do you think was in the way? The sea. Well, yeah, sort of a sea, the River Jordan, okay? And you could probably swim in it, at the edges, but it was really very deep, and it flowed pretty fast, and it was in their way. Now, actually, if they remembered, what they could remember back 40 years to is that they had to cross the Red Sea before, didn't they, to get out of Egypt. And what did God do then? What did he do? How did he get them across the sea? Yeah. Yeah. 
Was it Moses with his staff? Yep. Yep. What happened to the water? It did, didn't it? It separated in, in half. They were able to go across, and then when the Egyptian army tried to catch them, the waters came back. Well, they arrived at the River Jordan. How are they going to get across? What were they going to do? Well, once again, once again, actually God sent a great wind, and he piled up the water on each side. I think we might just have to pile up the water on one side here. Go on then. Here we go. Pile up the water on one side. And all God's people were able to walk across on dry land. Now, actually, the people carrying the ark had to stand in the middle while everybody walked past them. So you stay there. Everybody else, come and join me up here and come and have a sit down. Fantastic. So they walked across. The ark of the covenant stood and stayed in the middle. Come on, Arwen. Come and join us. Come on, boys. You're not so sure about crossing the river, are you? Mum has told you not to go swimming. Come on. They stood in the middle and everybody else went across. Now you'd imagine that was the end of it, but not a bit of it. You see, God knew that it wasn't enough just for this lot to remember. God wanted to make sure that not just this part of his people, but all the people to come afterwards would remember too. So what he said to them was, go back into the river before the waters come back and go and get 12 big stones right from the center of the river from the place that you could never get to apart from during my miracle when I moved all the water out of the way and bring those stones and make for me a big pile of remembering. So I need you guys to come and get 12 big stones. They may look like they're not stones, but they really are. Come on, just one at a time. Come on, just bring, come bring them. We're going to bring our stones from the river. Right, you start one there. Right, we're going to make a big pile of our stones. Can we try and pretend like they're heavy? That's it. I like it. Very good. Well done. Here we go. Let's pile them up. Let's pile them up. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. We might... Do you, how high are we going to go? Okay. Okay. Do you know, should we do two piles? Here we go. Let's try... Yep. Okay. Very good. Any more? Any more? Fantastic. Fantastic. One more. Let's see if this one actually holds it all together. Have a sit down. And then they let the people with the Ark of the Covenant come out. Here we go. You come around this side. Brilliant. And pop the Ark of the Covenant down here. Close. It's a good thing I was holding on, wasn't it? Fantastic. And you pop that down. Give them a round of applause. They've done ever so well. So here's the thing. This big pile of stones wasn't just a little pile of pebbles. It's probably bigger than what we've got here. How long do you think it lasted? How long do stones last? Do they last a couple of weeks? No. Do they last a couple of months? No. Do they last a couple of years? No. Ten hundred years. I think that's pretty close. They last a really long time. And the point was this. They weren't just to remember what God had done for them. They were to remind their children their children's children, their children's children's children, their children's 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 children, what God had done for them. And when we remember what God has done for us, he then says to us, and I want you to remind other people too. I want you to remind your children and your children's children. I want to remind you to remind the people you go to work with or the people you're at school with. I want you to pass on this good news of remembering that God is with us, that God walks with us through every step of every year. That God is there whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not, whether we respond to him or not, that God is there with us. 
we're going to have a chance a little bit later in the service, as we've taken communion, of adding to these stones some of our remembering, some of our giving thanks to God, the sort of things we'd want to remind other people of that God has done for us. Let's have a little look at our reading to remember just what, what happened in Joshua 3. Let's read this together. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve people, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of Jordan. Carry them out and, and, sorry, and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve he had chosen and told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder. And we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. I wonder whether anybody has ever asked you, why is it you're doing what you're doing? Why is it you're living the life you're living? Why is it that you're the person that you are? And you're able to say to them, because God. We actually get to be like those memorial stones. We get to be the people who remind other people of God, of his love for us, of his work in our lives. We get to remember for ourselves and to remind others. We're going to go back to our seats. You head back. Off you go. You can go back on your brother's knee if you want, but right, off you go back to see it. Whoops. Well done. Off you go. Off you go. That's all right. That's good. That's all right. That'll hold them together. And when we've received communion a little bit later, you'll find over here on my left, to your right, two little tables with a load of little post-it notes on. I want you to have a little think before we sing um, our next songs. What it is from the past year or years that you need to remember today? Can you think of a time in the past year when you were particularly aware that God was with you? Maybe something you were worried about that God helped you with. Maybe something simply that you loved and enjoyed that you want to give thanks to God for. Maybe something where you really saw an answer to prayer or you were especially aware that God, the God we know in Jesus, was with you. Maybe you have a chat with the children that you've come with. Maybe there's something you could agree together to either draw or write on a post-it note. And when you've received communion, whether it's at the back or the front, you could simply come up here, write it on a post-it note, and attach it to our pile of stones. Because this isn't quite a pile of stones, they're a little bit rickety, so we'll try and keep them upright as we pop them on. But it will remind us that the Bible says we're both to remember God's presence and his goodness, and we're to remind others. I wonder who you're going to remind in 2019 of the goodness and the presence of God.